Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21 say, And in this we will know that we are of the truth, and we will persuade our heart before him, because if our heart blames us, it is because God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not blame us, we have boldness toward God. This is Matt Miller, and Ron Kangas has joined me for a very practical life study program from 1 John. And Ron, I call this very practical because it deals with knowing God not in the greatness or the vastness of the universe, but in the smallness of our heart. Could you say a word to start out our program today about the context that's the background of what we're talking about and enjoying in today's program? Well, we need to see a big picture, and we need to see something quite specific. The big picture is the totality of the revelation of God in the Scriptures based upon so many precious objective truths concerning God's existence, His being, His purpose, His attributes, his ways, his will. And by what is in the word, we come to know God in this way is necessary, it's basic, but it's objective. John, by no means, would minimize or neglect the objective truth. But his ministry is in another realm. It's in the realm that we would call the experience of life, the experience of the eternal life, the life of the triune God, an experience that is based upon the marvelous reality that the triune God, the Father in the Son, the Son in resurrection as the Spirit, is actually in us, joined to our spirit, mingled with our spirit, spreading into our heart. So the realm of knowing that we're talking about in this particular message is knowing God inwardly, knowing God not in the objective universe with its immeasurable vastness, but knowing God inwardly in our heart, knowing the God who is in our heart. Because in Christ as the Spirit, he came into our spirit. So now we need to know how to relate to God who is in our heart in the way we just tried to describe and pay attention to what is going on in our heart. If our own heart condemns us, surely God who is greater than our heart will condemn us. 
But the God who is greater in our heart is the God who was in our heart, being greater in our heart. So this is John's characteristic, experiential presentation of the Christian's relationship in life with God based upon regeneration and based upon the indwelling Christ. Appreciate that word, Ron. Apart from spiritual experience, we cannot understand what John is talking about here, can we? There is no way that we need to have the experience that he's talking about. To use a rather common, almost trivial illustration, an unmarried priest may have certain concepts about marriage, but he simply cannot relate to those who know marriage through the experiences of being married. They're just in another realm. So there need not be a conflict between the two, but John is in the realm of the inner experience of the triune God as life. And he's writing from there, and he's writing about this. If we simply maintain an objective theological stance and try to grasp everything in an analytical way, we'll be frustrated and we'll misunderstand or we'll just give up. The only way to understand what John is saying is to have the experience that John is writing about. Very good. Let's go to Witness Lee from his original speaking on July 6, 1983, in the Life Study message of 1 John, which is in printed volume number 29. Here's Witness Lee. The Bible says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Proverbs says, the joy is the best medicine. The joy of your heart is the strength from the Lord, and the joy in your heart is your health, is your medicine. But too many times, we are not so joyful. We don't have the joy. Why? Because our heart is not at peace. Our heart has not been tranquilized. Why? Because you don't live in the divine life. When you live in the divine life, you are in the truth, then you can persuade your heart, you can convince your heart, you can tranquilize your heart. So you are happy. And listen, small phrase here that is before him. Before him. Now this tells you he is living with you. Not only living with you, he listening in you. If you don't live by the divine reality, your heart protests, and you don't have a, a calm heart before him. <laughs> don't forget, he's living in you, and you are living before him. When you live by the divine life, you can persuade your turmoil heart before him. This is a small phrase, yet it points to a crucial thing that don't forget your living is before him. And your heart is also before him. You must take care of your heart to tranquilize your heart all the time before him. Because, verse 20, if our heart blames us, 
our heart protests because quite often our heart blames us. Ron, I think this is a good place to stop and talk about uh, the condition of our heart before the Lord. Well, let's look at this from two main points of view or perspectives. That we have our heart that may have a certain feeling. It may approve us. It may be tranquil. It may be troubled. It may be peaceful. It may condemn us. And then you have, as Brother Lee highlighted, this matter assuring our hearts before God. Okay, we're talking about our heart. And to assure our heart is for the heart to be in a calm and tranquil condition before the Lord because the heart senses there's no inward judgment and God who is greater than our heart is also in this matter not judging us. So before God, our heart is assured. The other perspective is before God. Assure our heart before God. Before God where? If our outlook is that the God toward whom we're assuring our heart is only the transcendent God of glory in the heavens, how can we have really a personal, inward, intimate relationship with someone so far away? Before God implies nearness. It implies availability. It implies closeness. It implies contact, personal direct contact. So we see here that the desirable condition of a believer living in the fellowship of the divine life is to have a calm, tranquil heart full of assurance and peace, not only in itself, but much more toward God. If this is to happen, then we believers need to pay attention to our heart. We need to know the components of our heart. We need to understand the function of our heart. We need to learn how to deal with the condemnation in our heart and how to recognize the approval in our heart, how to relate to the subjective God, the God who's dwelling in us in Christ as the Spirit, who is greater than our heart, and to learn in the fellowship of life under the Lord's care to assure our hearts before God. What a pleasant inward condition is to have a calm, tranquil heart full of assurance before God that all is well. Thanks, Ron. I just want to read verse 20 before we go back to Witness Lee. Verse 20 says, Because if our heart blames us, it is because God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Here's Witness Lee. By reading the context, you could see the heart here refers to our conscience. You know, the conscience is one of the four parts of the heart. The heart is composed of emotion, will, mind. These are of the soul and conscience of our spirit. 
the heart actually is very much influenced, directed, controlled by our conscience. So when our heart blames, that means our conscience condemns. Our conscience does not give us okay. If we don't live by the divine reality, our conscience always checks and condemns and blames. So our heart protests. Here the apostle says, if our heart blames us, God is greater. Surely God is much greater than our conscience. God is greater than our heart, that means than our conscience, and knows all things. You know, God has his own government. And God's government has a local administration. You know what is local administration? That is your conscience. And in a good sense, it is both the law court and the police station. Our conscience is uh, the law court and police station set up by God as his local administration within us. That is our conscience. Too many times our conscience would arrest us. And surely this uh, police station knows the law quite well. After the arresting, they would discern whether pass on this one to the law court or not. You know the story. Too many times you got condemned and passed on to the law court. <laughs> so there you are judged. Then you need uh, the cleansing of uh, the precious blood of Jesus, the Son of God. In chapter 3, if you do not live by the divine reality, your conscience condemns. And that is a sign that God is condemning. You need to uh, improve your inward condition. That is, you must deal with the condition that you are willing to live by the divine life in the divine reality. Ron, I feel like there's a lot of light in this portion from First John about living in the reality, living by this life within us. I'd like you to talk about how in God's government, God has this local administration within our heart. Okay, very briefly, in creation, the man God created was under the direct rule of God. When sin came in and man fell, man came under the rule of the conscience. That didn't work really well. So human government was instituted. When we are truly saved and experience justification and reconciliation, forgiveness, and are born of God to have the life of God, we're on a journey backward to really be one with God, to live directly under him. And a crucial step is for us to care for our conscience. Now, regarding the function of the conscience, John And Brother Lee, faithful to John, is emphasizing a little-known aspect even among believers. There surely is an ethical aspect to the function of the conscience, that you did something wrong according to the moral law, or you disobeyed a certain law of the government that you should be following. 
than the conscience which represents God and is a policeman enforcing the government of God will trouble us. And if we are serious believers, then we will pay attention to this and confess and receive forgiveness and cleansing. But John is not emphasizing that aspect of the conscience. John is not in the realm of mere ethics, of mere morality, although he would never minimize that, but he includes that and goes beyond that. John is in the realm of the divine life and the divine reality. The God who is in us, the God of our heart, desires not merely that we be good people, obeying laws and following regulations and keeping commandments in an ethical way. He wants us to live by the divine life that we have received through regeneration. He wants us to live by the divine reality. And John says so clearly in chapter 5, verse 6, the Spirit is the reality. Therefore, whenever we fail to live by the divine life and the divine reality— Our conscience, the resident policeman, the representative of God's government, will register judgment, disapproval, condemnation. But actually very few believers know and experience this aspect of the conscience. Most are in the realm of ethics. But John, like the other apostles, and Brother Lee being faithful to John, is in the realm that John was in when he wrote. Life. This life is in his Son. We have eternal life. We have the fellowship of life. With this life, there is light. This light brings in the divine reality. The God who indwells us wants to be living here. When we are not living here, he's not happy. He disapproves us because the God of our heart, the God dwelling in us, he disapproves us, then surely his representative, the resident policeman, is also going to disapprove us. So the reason our conscience, representing our heart, as Brotherly explained, condemns us, disapproves us, is because it's reflecting the feeling of God. I want to emphasize, because this is actually a revolutionary thought that's in the Word of God itself, especially in John's writings. One may be somewhat of an ethical person outwardly and be an unbeliever, and you try to train your conscience and obey your conscience in ethical things. John is not in this realm. For him, the conscience is functioning in the realm of I say again of the divine life and the divine reality. This is where God wants us to live. The God who is in us is the divine life, is the divine reality. He wants us to live in harmony, in oneness with the divine life and the divine reality. When we do not, even if we are good, even if we are righteous in a human way, He disapproves us because although we have the divine life and the divine reality, we're not living that. So before God, there cannot be rest because what God desires is that we live and walk 
in the fellowship of the divine life according to the divine reality. John was here. I don't say there. John was here in this realm of the divine life and the divine reality. And this is the context of his discussion about our heart and God being greater than our heart and us assuring our heart before God. To assure our heart before God is to have the assurance in our heart that we are living in and according to the divine life and the divine reality. Thanks, Ron. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not blame us, that means if our conscience does not condemn us, we have boldness toward God. Here, the Apostle John teaches us to know God in a very subjective way. He is talking about the practical God, not the God in the heavens. To know God is not universe matter. To know God is a heart matter. Is your heart tranquil? You have to know God in the heart. You have to know God in your conscience. If your conscience bothers you, that means God has a problem with you. You see? I just give my wife a little long face. Not too long. <laughs> just one-eighth an inch long. Would he care for this? Yes or no? Yes. Then God is too small. This is the experiential way to know God. This is the New Testament way for us to know God in a very personal experiential way. I just lose a little bit temper to my wife. Not that much. Nearly you cannot see it. <laughs> my temper lost that small. You need a kind of magnified God to see it. Would God care for such a small thing? Yes. How do you know yes? Just because your conscience bothers you. Take care of your conscience. That is the representative of the divine government. This is the way to know God. Not in great things, rather in very small things. Well, Ron, this is more of the same. Knowing God personally, experientially, in a small way, in our heart. The goal is knowing God, what kind of God he is, how he is, how he feels about an array of things that we might consider insignificant or even petty or small. It's not simply that God is demanding us to be perfect and this or that. No, I'm referring to what I shared in the previous segment. God is a God of life and reality. He wants us to actually be living in the divine life, in the divine reality, in the detailed particulars of our daily human life, especially, consider the examples Brother Lee gave of married life, especially in our relationships. And so it's God 
whom we are knowing, the God in our heart who has feelings about so many things based upon his desire that we live by the divine life and the divine nature. And so in a small thing like giving an unpleasant glance at your spouse or expressing some anger even though it's limited, God is aware of that. God is concerned about that. God is not happy with that. He doesn't approve that. In effect, he's saying, that is not my divine life. At best, that's your natural human life. It's probably not only that. It's probably the element of sin and the self in there. That's not the divine reality. That does not express me. I can't approve of that. You need to know what kind of God I am. I am a God of life and reality. And I am such a God in your heart. And through this kind of exercise of the heart, whether disapproving or approving, you will come to know me in this way, inwardly, experientially. I would just point out, as one who is learning this, this is exceedingly precious. Praise the Lord that he's the God of the whole universe, that his administration extends over every matter, everything, everyone, every situation. Praise the Lord just as much for the God in Christ as the Spirit who indwells us, who's in our heart, who wants us to live in the divine life and the divine reality and will indicate through our conscience to us at any time whether we are or not. If we're not, our heart disapproves us because God disapproves us. If our heart gives us assurance, that's because God himself in this particular instance is just at rest so we can be before him in faith, in peace, even with boldness, as this reading portion mentions, because our heart does not condemn us. But please, our dear listeners, please be willing to learn the difference between just being a good person, living according to ethics, and having an ethically peaceful conscience, and someone who has a conscience functioning in the realm of the divine life and the divine reality. Sooner or later, all of the children of God will need to learn these things Because this is God's will, this is God's way. The God of the universe wants to be the God of our heart, and he wants us to know him in life and reality as such a wonderful, indwelling God. Well, that's a good word to end on, Ron. I hope we could all, not just you and I, but all the ones listening to the program today could experience this God in reality. Thanks for coming in today. You're welcome. It was a privilege to participate in this particular fellowship. If you'd like more information about the Life Study program, you can call us at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can send email to us at radio at lsm.org. Or the old-fashioned way, you can just write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. For Ron Kangas, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the small God as you go your way. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, 
That's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.